0: I'm your moderator Chris Paul Let's be reasonable I'm being hunted by the Laramie boys What do I do? Do I run? No I'm gonna hunt My hunters It's high Noon For Wednesday October 21st 2020 Guys This is going to be the high noon to end all high noons. So if there was ever a high noon to share with your friends, this is the one I can tell you that because I feel it in my bones. Follow the podcast at I'm your moderator on Instagram and Twitter and parlor and cloud hub and rumble. If it comes to all of that. All right, here we go. So, A few quick topics, and then I'm going deep on this Hunter shit. Okay. So Obama today is doing his first event for Biden. This is pretty late in the game. He's they just decided to do this like a week ago and they announced it was going to be at the start of this week and it hasn't been yet. So. He's going to do an appearance in Pennsylvania, which can tell you a few things. First of all, that means the Democrats don't think they're winning Pennsylvania because if they did, they would be in another state. So they know the polls are tight there no matter what. They know that Pennsylvania is the key to winning this election for them. There's probably no way they win without Pennsylvania. They know that Pennsylvania has got from the John Roberts Supreme Court. Three extra days to accept ballots if they're postmarked, but ballots and drop boxes don't have to be postmarked. So this is what everyone's going to have to watch. Um, Also, Mark Zuckerberg, I think the number is 250 million spent on increasing voter turnout in Democratic strongholds, one of those being Philadelphia, and that's been one of their keys. They're trying to get, they're trying to add 125,000 in turnout in Philadelphia. And they expect that to be 80% Democrat. And they think that that's going to be crucial for them winning Pennsylvania. So we will see. But that's the stuff to have in your head. And Pennsylvania is where they're going to fight if Trump doesn't win in a landslide. Like any other scenario, unless somehow Trump loses in a landslide, which. I don't think there's any chance in hell of, but unless that happens, they are going to put up a fight in, in Pennsylvania. So that's the Obama thing. Now, the media is getting desperate and just throwing stuff at the wall while they are forgetting intentionally, obviously to cover the most important story right now, which is the Hunter Biden laptop. They are actively shutting that story down. And that's a terrible thing for the country. And you should see what they're doing. And this should scare you, okay? If you're not out about your support of Trump, at least to the people close to you, that's a problem. And I'm going to talk about that at the end. But I just wanted to, to say that off the bat. So they're trying the kids in cages thing again. And this is dredging up a 2017 story. There is no new news. What they did is they have released a piece about how there's like 547 of these kids whose parents can't be found. Now, the thing is, the headline even says that lawyers can't locate the 547 parents. I don't know why they put lawyers. On the case. And I would like to know who those lawyers are. But also. As I've discussed before. There's two things. The first thing is that Obama built those cages. And. John Favreau. His former speechwriter, Who's one of the pod bros on Pod Save America. He tweeted a picture. You know. Accusing Trump of having built these cages. But the picture was from 2014. You can go look that up. That's the easiest proof that that was uh, Obama that built those cages. You know, so just search John Favreau picture Obama kids in cages, and you'll find it. Go on DuckDuckGo. And the other thing is that part of the explanation for the kids in cages thing was that they they instituted a policy of cheek-swabbing children and their guardians as they came into the country claiming asylum because they had found that the kids were being brought into the country by people who were not their parents, and then the kids were being trafficked back to Mexico where they would be returned in with another parent, that this is a cartel operation. And so they were testing DNA against DNA to see if the parents actually were related to these children. All right. So that's the second thing. Now, knowing that you can see what the media is doing. They are bringing this story back up to say, hey, everybody, remember how Trump's racist and evil because of kids in cages? Remember that? Remember that? Remember how you felt back then? You still don't know anything about it now, do you? But look at this headline. The lawyers can't find the parents. Isn't this a human disaster? And by the way, I'm not saying that this isn't a sad situation for these children. I am only saying that lawyers being unable to find kids' supposed parents is not the moral quandary that they're making it. Okay? Because those kids may not have parents. And there's no indication that it was actually their parents on the way in. So, here's another one. Yesterday, Aaron Rupar, who's one of the worst reporters on Twitter, he is so dramatic. He always misreads things. He tries to paint everything as Trump is evil. And he's utterly obsessed with Trump like he he, like he live tweets the Trump rallies looking for anything that will convince stupid people that this out of context quote is a huge drama, okay? And so two nights ago when Trump was in Arizona, he was talking about how politicians will take big payments. He was specifically referring to the 350 some odd million, I think it was 353, that Biden raised in uh, the last month or something. It was announced by the campaign a few days ago. And... Trump was talking about when you see numbers like that, you have to understand that the candidate is compromised and that there, that those donations come with promises. And then he said, if I was doing it, I would be raising so much money. It would be insane. Like I could call Exxon and say, Hey, I'll do this deal for you. It's going to cost you $25 million. That was a hypothetical that he was making up to point out a corruption problem on the Biden side and Aaron Rupar and then Hillary's little crony uh, Neera Tandon both made this a big thing on Twitter. I watched the speech in full. I watched it live. There wasn't a single solitary second where I didn't know what Trump was doing. And all you have to do to know that is watch the video. Today, they're trying to blow up this uh, Trump had a Chinese bank account. Like Trump did business in China. No shit. Everyone knows that they're not even suggesting impropriety, except, of course, Jake Tapper's trying to make it a big deal. And then they get to layer that on with Trump is in debt to other places, which is normal business debt. And then they layer it on with Trump only paid seven hundred and fifty dollars in tax which is not true because he's paid tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of tax into the U.S. Treasury over his lifetime. And each year he gives up his $450,000 salary as president. So at the very minimum, he put in another $900,000 to the uh, National Treasury in 2017. So there's three stories from the last 24 hours that are all utter bullshit. Okay. And then in the background, always remember that this is the same media who chose not to cover the Tara Reid allegations. It took the New York Times 19 days to do a story about it. Someone had potentially legitimately accused Joe Biden of sexual assault. And the media didn't cover it. Remember. Remember. Back to when Michael Avenatti was on TV, on CNN, 24 hours a day, talking about all these accusations that he could find left and right. Essentially, every single second was spent trying to make Trump look like he had sexually assaulted a bunch of people. Okay. Joe Biden, they don't even bother. They don't even try to find out if it's true and this is while you can't go back and see Joe Biden's documents because they're locked in a basement at the University of Delaware. So the news organizations didn't bother searching into this at all. They just decided it wasn't a problem because it was on the good team. Which brings us to Hunter Biden. Joe Biden this morning made his first statement answered his first question about Hunter. He called it a smear campaign and then said the vast majority of people in the intelligence community had cleared him. That is flatly untrue. That is absolutely bizarro world bullshit. No one has cleared him. No one in the intelligence community, operative in the intelligence community right now, has said that this is Russian disinformation. In fact, the actual polar opposite is true. The intelligence agencies said quite specifically that there is absolutely no reason to believe that it is Russian disinformation and that the laptop is, in fact, Hunter Biden's laptop. The FBI and the DOJ confirmed that the laptop in question was not Russian disinformation, period. And now remember what I told you yesterday. It says this in the letter from the 50 former intelligence officials. We want to emphasize that we do not know if the emails provided to the New York Post by President Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, are genuine or not, and that we do not have evidence of Russian involvement, just that our experience makes us deeply suspicious that the Russian government played a significant role in this case. Okay, so they have no evidence. And the current FBI and DOJ confirm that it is not part of a Russian disinformation campaign. So, which do you believe? Naturally, the media expects you to believe that 50 former intelligence officials. can surmise something that they certainly don't know while all the current intelligence officials are compromised because Donald Trump is so corrupt. That's insane, and I'm going to tell you why. And I'm also going to encourage you to notice how depraved this is for these 50 intelligence officials, former intelligence officials, And for the media to run with this and then for Joe Biden to take up on it. Okay. So 50 former intelligence officials, if they were loyal and faithful to their country, they would not report something like this without knowing it going over the heads of the people who are actually there on the ground that they used to work with. What they are doing is compromising an American president during an election on stuff they don't know about. If these are the good, loyal patriots that the media and Joe Biden are pretending they are, Why would they do something so profoundly irresponsible? I don't have an answer to that. And I don't think anyone else does either. And I would love to know their answer. They put this out. The media and Biden are running with it as if it's fact. In fact, they have begun saying it as if it is fact even though in the letter it says they have no evidence. But it feels to them like it's their experience that it's probably Russia. Shocker. These men are not patriots. And understand that James Clapper, who perjured himself in congressional testimony, and John Brennan who's an MSNBC hack and one of the masterminds behind the Clinton, Obama, Biden coup are two of the people in that letter writing this. What do you think they're going to say? Now, the fact is that even if all that were true, Joe Biden's campaign still does not dispute the authenticity of the emails or the text messages or the videos or the pictures on that laptop. There are multiple copies of the hard drive made. The laptop is currently in FBI custody. They handed it over to the Delaware state police who then had to hand it back to the FBI. If you trust the FBI at this point, you're insane because the FBI had knowledge and possession of this computer in 2019 So we have former intelligence officials, the media, and basically the entire old guard all claiming that this was Russian disinformation. While we know that it was not, and even if somehow, somehow Russia had any involvement in this and they put all this information onto the computer and it was all false, And they signed Hunter Biden's signature and they forgot to pay for it because that was the real setup, knowing that the computer store owner would then turn it into the FBI and then the FBI would sit on it for a year and a half until right before the election. And then someone sent it to Rudy. Sure. Okay. The The Russians totally could have done that. Those wily Russians. But understand that you're being tricked. So let's talk about the laptop because more stuff is coming out every day. Last night, Rudy Giuliani went on to Newsmax to talk about his latest release of stuff on there. And by the way, I am not claiming for a second that they aren't trying to hit Biden in every single way that hurts right now, using whatever they can on this computer. That's fine. Also, everything on the computer is authentic. So unless they're selectively making it up, it's still fair game. If the FBI, by the way, In the year and a half that they had this thing and they had knowledge of it. If they thought it was a Russian smear campaign. Why didn't they follow through on that? Investigate it and announce it. Huh? All right. So Giuliani goes on Newsmax last night and he shows a text message on the computer that's from Hunter Biden to Joe Biden. And now I know that some people listening to the podcast are probably like, wait, is he still reasonable? He's always talking in favor of Trump. Yes, I am. And here you go. We're going to do some reasonable things right now. So Rudy's talking about this text message. And here it is. Okay. This is from Hunter to his dad. And. He's talking about uh, Hallie Biden, and this is what he says. She told my therapist that I was sexually inappropriate. And Giuliani says this would be with an unnamed 14-year-old girl. And then back to the text message, it says, when she says that I FaceTime naked with the unnamed 14-year-old girl, the name is like redacted. And the reason I can't have her out to see me is because I walk around naked, smoking crack, talking to girls on FaceTime. When she was pressed, she said that the unnamed 14 year old girl never said anything like that. But the bottom line is that I created and caused a very unsafe environment for the kids. Now, Giuliani kind of framed this as if Hunter Biden was. Face timing with an underage girl, and that he would do it naked and smoking crack. And then he said that there are pictures of underage girls. So I don't know the date of this text message, but I'm going to propose a theory that is less bad in a very important material way. Than the story that is currently out there. Now, Hallie Biden was Bo Biden's wife. That's the older brother who died. After he died, Hallie Biden and Hunter Biden had an extended affair. Okay? So, this text message if read in a certain way is not the way that Rudy is making it sound and not the way that people on the right are reporting it. And I only am doing this because I don't know the date of that text. And I'm trying to be as generous as possible that this isn't the horrifically disgusting thing that they are making it sound like it is. Okay. Now, if the underage unnamed girl, the unnamed 14 year old girl is in fact, Natalie Biden, who is, uh, Bo and Hallie's daughter. Then we have an entirely different scenario here. Okay. Now remember what he says. She told my therapist, I was sexually inappropriate. When she says that I FaceTime naked with the name, And the reason I can't have her out to see me is because I walk around naked, smoking crack, talking to girls on FaceTime. When she was pressed, she said that the girl never said anything like that. But the bottom line is that I created and caused a very unsafe environment for the kids. Now, Rudy is saying that this is an unnamed 14 year old girl. And he's probably going to say, well, I didn't want to release the name because it's inappropriate to release it. But if this was. Bo and Hallie's daughter, Natalie, and this text was from 2018, she could just be saying that Hunter has FaceTimed her before naked and smoking crack and that he talks to girls on FaceTime naked and smoking crack, but doesn't say that it's underage girls on FaceTime, by the way. Like, so if Hunter is just a guy that FaceTimes with girls and is generally gross and completely irresponsible, and by girls she means women of a totally appropriate age, I'm not condoning the behavior, but that's a different scenario, okay? And what she's saying is that it's irresponsible for her to allow her daughter to go visit her uncle slash stepdad because he walks around naked smoking crack when they are on step on FaceTime and maybe the girl saw him in the background. I'm just saying if this is an internal family issue, it's a different thing than Hunter FaceTiming while naked and smoking crack with 14 year old girls. okay? and so. I think that that's a distinct reading and Rudy should be able to say if it's if it's Natalie Biden, the daughter, Rudy should be able to say that because Natalie Biden right now is 16 years old. So if this text message was from 2018 after Hallie Biden and Hunter Biden had split up and Hunter was in the middle of a drug binge in 2018. Then it's possible that the 14 year old girl is the daughter, Natalie, which by the way, Hunter's still a creep and a fuck up, not saying he's not. But if the daughter walked behind the mom while she was on FaceTime with a fucked up Hunter, that's an entirely different scenario. And, the phrase that I'm focused on here is she told my therapist. That's entirely, entirely different than some girl's mom told the police. Okay. Which is what would have happened if that were the case. Now, if Hunter Biden is uh, FaceTiming the daughter on purpose. While naked and smoking crack, that is completely fucked up, completely fucked up beyond imagination. But it's not the same as like sexually uh, assaulting an underage girl unless he's being sexual. And then again. That's completely fucked up, but I'm just saying that there are multiple options here and it is unreasonable to assume, assume the worst, especially when Rudy is leaving out details that he could be saying, okay? So by the way, I could be wrong. It could be the worst possible thing. We're going to find out, but I also don't think it's, uh, beneath Rudy to play dirty politics with an issue like this. Okay, I believe that he might do that. And then he says this is supported by numerous pictures of underage girls. Yeah, well, it could all be the daughter. So I am just reserving judgment until I have that last fact, which is why I have not uh, made any declarative statements about this on social media, unlike many other people. And the dangerous move is, is that if Rudy misrepresented this, then it's going to be harder to trust him about the rest of the things he puts out. Now, I think the Hunter Biden business stuff is enough. And I've said that clearly, I think, the last few days. I don't think that you need to go to the deepest, darkest realms unless it is really legitimate. And I'm not convinced yet that this has the legitimacy that he is claiming. And so I want to circle back to the laptop thing in general and these 50 Intel guys. Now, for them to try to run with this, that that it's Russian intelligence, even though they have no evidence supporting the idea that it's Russian intelligence, what they're depending on is this reaction from the media and influencers online and people who read the news and everybody who is addicted to the central narrative. They are making a bet that people addicted to the central narrative are still in a vast majority and will still carry the day for them. I don't believe that they are still in the vast majority, okay? I think that the internet's hive mind has actually surpassed the intelligence community's ability to find things out. And of course, that had to happen at some time, right? I mean... We know that Google search engines and the social media algorithms and everything else, these are in some way working toward an artificial intelligence and becoming an artificial intelligence. And the way it does that is by everyone feeding into it. And so the best, most plausible cases and the most obscure evidence end up getting the same airtime as the official central narrative story. And when that happens, this is almost like one of those singularity moments, right? Where at first the intelligence community knew the most and then underneath that was the media and then underneath that was us, right? And by the way, I mean intel and military. At some point, there are enough people in and around the intel and military communities who do not agree with the ones supplying the central narrative and will say so online. So that part of the knowledge gets supplied firsthand to us rather than through a medium like a corporate media. And then all your friends agree if they read the story and if they didn't read the story and they don't care that much then they believe they're friends. And that's what it means to be politically privileged and to just be privileged in real life. Them being wrong has no consequence. But we're not there now. There are big podcasts that do what I do and try to take a different approach to the information we can get our hands on and we can be reasonable about it. And if you're not overly emotionally attached to an outcome then it's not as hard to separate truth and fiction. The problem is that we've all been convinced that there is only one truth and it is theirs. But that's not the truth. And we know it's not the truth sometimes. So why would we believe that it is the truth all the time? And this is one of those kind of cognitive dissonance things where people know for a fact that the media lies to them. But they also rely on the media for the truth. And that doesn't make sense. Knowledge does not have to be given a stamp of approval by CNN to become reliable. And so I think that this is an overestimation that the intelligence community has made. And this should tell you a lot about the intelligence community but it's also a mistake that the old guard has made. Look at what the media is doing right now. They're running absolute nonsense stories and total fabrications like 50 Intel guys don't believe this. So therefore it's true because they believe still ignorantly that they are like the keepers of the flame, that they're able to ascend from their, their ivory mountaintops down to the little folks and tell them what to believe, tell them what to be shocked by. You should be shocked that a businessman who does international business has a Chinese bank account. You should be shocked by the way we tell you this story about kids in cages, even though it was his predecessor that we all love. And these are meant to steal your votes and steal your minds. And I I know that sounds a little dramatic, but what else are they doing? They're certainly not telling you the truth. And you know that just by actually reading the stories and thinking about them. This stuff doesn't require going to the dark corners of the Internet. It only requires critical reading and critical thinking of the central narrative. Watch the way they speak. Watch the language they use. Watch whether or not the headline matches the information in the story. And you will often find that it doesn't. Now, part of the reason I do this and part of the reason I act the way I act on social media. Like sometimes I'm very aggressive. I'll call people retards because I want to bring the word back. Because I think that being able to call me a jerk for saying it is fucking dumb. And I think it's immoral and I think it's a bullying tactic. So I use it because it's fun to fuck with those people. Same thing when I call them idiots or whatever. I am trying to get. A person to show their true colors online. While I'm doing that, I want to strip away the social capital of them saying the things that they are saying. So every time you see one of your political friends that follows me and that watches my stuff and that posts less and less about politics. You should know for a fact that what I am doing is working. I am stripping them of the social capital of making the statements they're making. Okay? Because when someone who follows both of us reads my shit and then reads their shit, they're going to think that person is stupid. And that person knows that. And them showing themselves publicly to be stupid takes away from their social capital rather than adds on to it like they're trying to do with their black squares and their Ruth Bader Ginsburg pictures and their little Democrat conspiracy theories and their clever tweets from Jamil Jamila or whatever her fucking name is Jamila Jamil. I wasn't like trying to make fun of ethnic names. Oh, my God. But you have to understand that this is a method of social capital, okay? And I have always been that way, and I have always said this to people that know me over years and years. This is a tactic, okay? I use language specifically to target specific people's minds and the way that they operate in posting because specific people represent specific groups and specific mindsets, And if you want to open people's minds and change them, then you need to strip away the social and moral capital of why they're saying the things they say, because I can read the things that they're saying and know for a fact that they don't know what they're talking about. They cannot even explain their own views, much less mine. That's why they can't argue with me. That's why they get mad. That's why the liberals get fucking crazy. About Trump fans, why they call everyone racist, because that person's presence removes their social capital for their ill-formed opinions. All right, that's it. That's why they have to call you a racist, call you a sexist, try to dredge up something from your past and screw you with it. That's the whole point of cancel culture. They want to eliminate you from the conversation because sooner or later, everyone has a fear point. And that fear point is when that person shuts up and shuts down. And what has happened is that people have been so threatened and overwhelmed by this that they no longer have the courage to stand up. Their fear point has been driven so far back that they think any next thing they say is going to end their social life and perhaps end their work life and at the very least cause them so much pain and anguish with their friends and they don't have the confidence to stand up to it because their loss of social capital by disagreeing and being called bad names is too much for them to bear. Think about these political celebrities and think about how saturated our culture is in celebrity right now. OK, back in the day, old Hollywood and even shit before uh, the Internet and be- yeah before the Internet's fine, definitely before social media, because this is the worst. But I can tell you this from how the nightlife world used to work. OK, so before social media and before the gossip magazines essentially went online like Perez Hilton, you know, and now obviously TMZ's even bigger than that. But before that, people's celebrity obsession was was much, much less because they just saw celebrities less. They saw them in the movies and they saw them at the award show and that was it. If someone had, had an award show back then at the Oscars in the 70s brought up a social issue that people hadn't heard about, they might have actually been doing a legitimate good because then people would look into it. But when, when now we have uh, celebrities out there every day, the glamour and the mystery is all gone. It's been overexposed. These celebs are completely overexposed. Their personal lives are not interesting. They're vapid. They're basically just advertisements so they can make more money, either selling products or increasing their public profile so they're more likely to book parts or be in movies or sell records or whatever it is. So now they're overexposed and people don't take them that seriously. And people can see when they post about politics that they're not very smart and not very well informed. And that is why the social media companies have to protect them. That is why they turn off the comments in their posts because they know that they are going to be called out by people smarter than them in the comments and that people like me will make fun of them to their own community. So then they, they block the comments. They get other people taken off the internet because they have that kind of power. If you don't understand that, just study anything Chrissy Teigen does. She's untouchable on the internet. And I'm not saying that all the harassment she gets is deserved. I don't believe it is. I'll say that in her favor. But the people just getting outright canceled and banned from the Internet because Chrissy Teigen might get mad at their tweet mentioning her. No, that's way over the line. Okay, and so what's happening is that the media is losing its social capital and celebrities are losing their social capital. The intel community is finding out it's not smarter than the hive mind. The boomer politicians are finding out that politics don't work the way they used to anymore, and they can't keep relying on their old methods. Corporations are finding out that we can make other choices. And the tech companies are going to find out that we are able to communicate without them. Because the hive mind is smarter. Ask the intel agencies. So now the last thing I want to talk about, guys, and I, I, I want to call, I'm sure, some of you out a little bit and some of you not at all. And then everyone else out a fuck ton. And I want to talk about the moral cost of failing to come out in support of Donald Trump. Okay? Okay. First off, I understand and believe that your fears are legitimate. No one wants to lose relationships. No one wants to lose their jobs. I understand that's scary. But what you're doing is saying that you are so scared of that. That you would rather have the United States turned over to corrupt socialists and communists, and China, and corporations, and leave this country forever in the old guard until they literally rewrite the Constitution as an op-ed in a major media outlet, I can't remember which one, suggested the other day. We need a new Constitution? No. What do you think has gotten us this far and made us the most powerful nation on the planet. The last thing we need is a new constitution. We do need people who actually wish to uphold it and become or remain patriots. But I'm sorry, your job and your friends are not more important than that. And if your family betrays you, because of your political beliefs, you're better off. I'm sorry to say what you're saying is that you are scared for your life to be temporarily thrown out of balance and that you don't have the confidence to rebalance it. You're saying that the employer who would immediately drop you if only they knew who you really were is more important than the country is. You know, and and to the Hollywood people out there, like I know that a, a lot of you think like, if only you understood how hard I worked for this, did you? Some of my actor friends and comedian friends and musician friends have worked exceptionally hard. And I'm not taking anything away from them whatsoever. And I love you guys. You're all wonderful. But not everyone famous did work that hard. Not everyone f- famous puts in long days in the mines. They don't commit themselves to their craft, as they always say. Not everyone does that. I'm sorry. And if you know in your heart that that isn't you, that there are countless normal Americans out there working 10 times harder than you for a much less rewarding life financially and materially, what you're really saying is, do you know how bad I wanted this? And that point's to narcissism and superficiality. If you believe that the end of life, the goal, the purpose, is to be an actor who is adored by strangers on the internet, your character is not something of value and you need to write yourself with the world and with yourself. At the same time, if you believe that people around you who are close to you in your life are going to separate themselves from you and condemn you and insult you, you shouldn't want those people in your life. But the converse of that is by not telling them, you are taking that decision away from them because you fear the result and you are simultaneously insulting them because you're telling them that they don't like you enough for you to trust them. You don't trust their relationship with you enough to be honest to them. And therefore, neither of you have claim to a good relationship. And so not only should you not value them as a person, they should not value you. If you don't have enough respect for your country, have enough respect for yourself, and then as a favor to me and people like me, Have enough respect for us because I think you can see pretty clearly that we're not trying to get rich and we're not trying to defend a corrupt system or a corrupt man. We are trying to defend you and your right to say things and the country that we all enjoy. And then what happens? What happens if the worst case scenario occurs where five years down the road? China has fully co-opted the United States. The tech companies keep. Driving us into a a hot like an intentional hive mind, like a monopoly on our thought, a monoculture, because we're only allowed to get one opinion. And by the way, a former Twitter exec put out an op-ed yesterday encouraging Twitter to lock the president's account until after the election. And there are liberals out there that think, oh, good, the president's just a liar anyway. The president of the United States of America, a company, a private company worth billions of dollars is going to decide that the president of the United States of America cannot communicate directly with the American public and the world? Are you fucking kidding me? Do you know what that is? Make the one extra jump. Once they have silenced and censored the president, how in the world... Do you think you have free speech anymore? And then what does that mean? Then they get to tell you the story forever. You are the dystopia. This is what I mean. You are bringing it on. You are inflicting it on all of us because you did not have the courage. And if Trump loses and this goes south, that's on you for the rest of your fucking life that you didn't have the two ounces of courage to even come out to your friends and family. You didn't believe you could go get a new job. You didn't believe That there are people out there like you and that there are enough of them to get Trump reelected and to protect you and to form counter organizations, a new Hollywood where people, people's views aren't silenced. A new Netflix that can put these things out. You don't think there's enough power on the other side to work back against this someday. And then what if I'm wrong about that? What if there's not? What if it does become as authoritarian and totalitarian as China? And then people like me are just disappeared. What will you say then? Guys, please share this with the people who need to hear it. All right. If you think you're putting yourself on the line that much. Because you shared a podcast. I don't know what to tell you. You can't tell people, hey, I just thought it was an interesting counterpoint. You can't say, hey, I'm just considering my decision a lot because this is such an important election. As you say, do what you need to do. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Goodbye. And bit shoot. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct slash cancel couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes